0: I want us to hear how something is taking place here in our midst and something is God is moving and I am so so thrilled. I I I, I'm at a place in my life and in my walk with God that is I'm so we're overflowing with joy and happiness and peace that I I just said, I can't contain it, I can't restrain it, I just gotta feel like I gotta just shout it, I gotta jump about it. Jesus wins. He is victorious, and he wins. And here's the great news, I want us to see this, and I want to, I don't know if we can picture this, the pictures I'm gonna try to translate to you, I I want us to hear and see, but I also want you to understand that my words and the pictures aren't, still aren't even gonna measure up to the awesomeness of the victory we have in christ the victory that jesus has over all things all things i mean but i want to say here's something i mean here's something so cool jesus the 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 most amazing awesome the 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 athlete of athletes there's never been an athlete that's ever even come close to his ability and his talent and his drive and he's 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 picking teams like on the schoolyard he's picking teams and here's what he does he picks you to be on his team he picks you to be on his team he looks around and says i pick you you're on my team come over here get behind me you're on my team you're on my team you're on my team get behind me you're on my team and here's all we got to do is just get behind him cuz jesus comes in like a flood and he comes in just boom and he destroys everything that is bad and evil and not of him. He is victorious. So when I read Revelation, I don't get scared. I get excited. I get so overwhelmed with just joy that we are on the winning team. We're on Jesus' team. And if you've said yes to Jesus in your very heart, soul, and mind, because he's picked you and you just said, all right, yeah, you get up out of your seat. Say, I'll, "I'll get up out," and you get behind him. You're on the winning team. That's good news. I mean, good is not even a really a proper word, even though it's a biblical word. It's great news. It's the best news ever. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. And you know, talking about revelations, I, 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 revelation. I know, Glenn, you say if you say revelations, I'll slap you upside the head. If you put an S on the back of it, it's like, yeah, it's a, I think it just came out, like, and it, so, funk, there. <laughs> you know, some, we, we might have different perspectives. You know, um, I'm going to tell you, my wife is the most, ex- she is the most talented and extremely gifted person that I've ever met in stacking garbage. We have this tiny little trash can in our master bathroom. And I'm serious. She gets that thing stacked so intricately. like, And and I, and I, I walk in and I just look at it and it falls over. Like, how did she do that? And of course, from her perspective, she's saying, well, if you take it out when it's actually just full, I wouldn't have to stack it, right? She's more right than I am. But see, sometimes we... We, we, we read and we hear and we think about end times, and our perspective is going to be a little bit different, but I'm going to challenge us this morning to just stick with what is true. Um, have you ever had somebody, and I said this last week, talking about, well, I don't really like to read Revelation because it's too confusing. It's like, well... I, kind of that's. I'll just be. I, I don't. I can't even be nice about it, because that's absolutely moronic. That's that's just one of the dumbest things you could do, because right off the bat, he tells us you will be blessed and receive the blessings if you read this book. In fact, he even says if you read it aloud. So there's an encouragement to read it. Even if you don't understand it, ask God the Holy Spirit to give you understanding. Ask Him before you even read it. Say, "Give me understanding. If where I need to have understanding, give it to me." You can ask the Holy Spirit to do that. In fact, He's hoping you will because He's wanting to do that. Um, And some of you, some may want to know things about end times. And you may even want to know where I stand on certain timelines. Uh, you know, because we have, oh, here we go. We have, in regards to the rapture, you know, that Jesus coming back and taking back the church, taking the church out. We have the, we have the uh, pre-tribbers, right? The mid-tribbers, the post-tribbers. In other words, Jesus is going to take us out pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation, and then we have the millennium, the thousand reign of Christ. We have the pre mills, the post mills, and the all mills, which is also, uh, they, like, and you're thinking, man, and everybody has a different point of view. Oh, man, and if we're going to get into that kind of conversation, why don't we get into the conversation of, you know, young earth versus new earth or old earth? Let's go there too. Let's have some fun and, and just really cause a whole bunch of division. How about that? Okay, good. I agree. I think what we need to really stick to is what really matters. And hopefully by the time we're done today, even today, we'll all have and even come to a realization about what really matters. Throughout the book of Revelation is the number seven. I think that's important to note and identify the number seven is God's number of completion. God's number of completion. It's throughout the entire book of Revelation. It starts off with seven churches, the letter to seven churches. The seven churches are also known as the seven lampstands. Then there he refers to the seven spirits of God, which is the Holy Spirit. And also, in the seven, you have the seven eyes that are on the Lamb of God, the seven horns that are coming out of the Lamb of God, which are also the Holy Spirit then you have the seven seals the seven seven bowls and the seven trumpets and if you get you you know and they are all intermingled within one another to where one opens up the other and they start going into this place called the end times and i'm just going to say one thing in regards to signs of the times and then i then i'm going to really stick to where i feel like the lord wanting us to go there are many signs In our day, that have been evident and obvious that the end is near, and I don't say that to scare anybody because that's not the intention. But there is one thing that I see that is very clear: is that there's this prevailing attitude and uh, towards God. During the tribulation and during the end times, that hates God, blames God, is mad at God, and actually, and then even after, during, during, during the midst of the judgments, the bowls being opened, the seals being being opened, the trumpets being blasted, which there's some bad stuff that if you read it, you'll be like, whoa, there's these things are gnarly. I mean, the way it describes these, like dragon-like creatures that come out with these wings and these tails like scorpions that come out and sting people and stuff and you're thinking man I'm just I, I I just I just can't stand mosquitoes to me mosquitoes are like oh what's the point of a stinking mosquito anyway if anybody can figure that one out I'll have a let's I'll buy you breakfast and you tell me why are we having mosquitoes I'm wondering if they're not something of the end times. Maybe that's what John was seeing is like in this vast thing and he's really just seeing a mosquito and all these things are coming around. No, I don't think that. That's, I don't know. That's just, that was for fun. Just because how irritating. This morning I'm sitting there like literally and I think this mosquito bugged Robin all night last night. Like, and, and I think it waited for me to get up early this morning. And as soon as I sat down to study, and what do you do? my like, God, so I didn't hear a mosquito anymore because I couldn't hear for the next hour. <laughs> All right, move on. There is a message of truth in Revelation that we must not forget. Wait, oh, I, I was talking about the, end, the The I think the prevailing sign of the end times is that I, I see is this attitude that we that that hates God. And, you, and when, he, when you hear of, and you read about all these judgments that God, God actually implements on earth and people of the earth that refuse him and reject him, there's something that takes place that, I've always, that always baffled me, like maybe when I first started walking with God and first started reading this, like, how can that be? How can people? But there's this attitude that, that says, even though God puts something in their lives that ought to get their attention to say, God, forgive us. And they call and they get out on their knees and repent from their sins. Instead, they, I hate you, God. And they shake their fist at God. And they get mad at God. And they try to run and hide from God because God is implementing judgment on them, even though they're the ones that are bringing this. And, I've all, and I think if, that, if I don't, we don't see that that is the prevailing attitude and perspective of this day, as ever before, I, I think that we're missing the boat because that is here. That exists now to where God can still bring about judgment and people will still reject God. And that's, that's a hard, even, even uh, to be honest, last 20, 25 years, there's been this shift into the world at large hating God that I've never seen before. That, I believe, is something that is inexistent now, not in this room, but in the world at large. You guys see that? Am I, am I the only one that's seeing that? I don't think so. And hating each other, hating, but hating God because that's where it starts. If we hate God, then I, could, I can excuse and basically a, it's okay for me to hate you because I hate God too. Anyway, let's move on from that. But there is a message of truth in revelation that we must not forget. a message of truth in revelation that we must not forget. that God is sovereign from beginning to end. <laughs> Listen to that. God is sovereign from beginning to end. In other words, when you look at like all the, like I said, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven, the seven that are released upon the earth. And the, 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 a lot of that's kind of a, it goes back, you can look and see like it's the same as the plagues that God instituted towards Egypt and those that rejected God. And you see that and you think God is the one that's in charge of all of it. There's nothing that takes place in our time now, in the time past or in the time future that God is not in charge of. God is in charge of it all. Hallelujah. Like even when, when he, you know, opens up the abyss, you know, I think it's the, uh, I think it's the uh, fifth trumpet that he opens the abyss up and all the creatures of the abyss, the bottom of the pit come out and wreak havoc on mankind. And you're like, but God did that and then God like whoop, puts him right back. God is in charge and when we look at that like that ought to give us absolute peace that you know yeah there it's an evil world it's a rough world it's 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 really kind of a sucky world you know there's smoke in the air there's there's fires burning there's floods taking place there's there there there's tsunamis there's stuff happening there's 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 political just like upheaval you know, you look at the stuff, you look like, wow, all this stuff is taking place, and God is still in charge of it all, though. We must not forget that. We must not forget that. Even if it doesn't make sense, please don't forget that. I believe that is the most prevailing message of Revelation that I've seen in this last, my most recent study of Revelation and reading it multiple times just this last month and even doing other readings, is that seems to be the message that I'm hearing loud and clear. God is sovereign from beginning to end. He has not lost control of anything. Amen. So here we go. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus, the Lamb of God, is triumphant, and all who follow him say yes and get behind him on his team are victorious in him. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read, this is a lengthy passage of scripture because it's just going to reiterate and kind of uh, say what I just said in that little statement. And it's uh, Revelation chapter 5, verse 1 through 13 out of the ESV. So listen to this. It says then i saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written a scroll written with within and on it on the back sealed with seven seals and i saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scrolls or to look into it And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and the seven seals. And behold, the throne and the four living creatures. And among the elders I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So real quick, there's something that takes place there that that we need to just even see just so I think, just I'll point out real quick is what John actually heard. He heard the elders say, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, right? So he heard with his ears something described to him as someone that was worthy to open the scroll and then he turned and looked And he saw with his eyes a lamb that was slain. Was he seeing something totally different? No, he was hearing who he was, the lion of the tribe of Judah, and then he saw the lamb of God. Hallelujah. They weren't different. They were the same creature, Jesus, who's not a creature. He's God. Hallelujah. Come on. So who is worthy? It's Jesus. Okay, where did I leave off? Okay. You ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. A voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Woo. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all of in them saying to him who sits on the throne. To the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Hallelujah. If we don't see that, like that's what it's all about. He's what it's all about. Hallelujah. Amen? Jesus, the Lamb of God who was slain for you and I, that when John looked and he saw him that was worthy, and he had the seven spirits of God that actually consumed him, he was dead but yet alive. Because a lamb that appeared to be slain, guess what a lamb appeared to be slain looked like? Maimed barely, I mean, I don't know how he even could, but yet there's this phenomenon that's taken place. Isn't there? Isn't there? Jesus was dead for three days. He was actually dead in the grave, lifeless, breathless, and he came back to life. A lamb that was slain, a lamb that had basically has its throat slit. There was no blood in this lamb. They're basically looking at this and saying, this a lamb that was slain, seeing it, but yet standing and glorious and worthy. And that's who we see when we see Jesus. We see the Lamb of God. In Revelation 7:10, I'm just gonna hit a couple other verses that kind of highlight, and it's all throughout Revelation. In fact, all but I think two or three chapters of the 22, referred to the Lamb of God. In Revelation 7.10, he says, And crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And then right below it, Revelation 7.17, he says, For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. (laughs) That's even an odd thing, isn't it? A Lamb who is a shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Oh, that's 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 what we're looking forward to, isn't it? And they, in Revelation twelve eleven says this, and they have conquered him, and they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Do you see there's something, that there's, a, there's a common theme here. The Lamb of God is worthy. And is in, in His worthiness we find our salvation. We find our green pastures. We find our peace. We find our joy to where all the pain of this world gets wiped away, washed away, and left behind. Because of Jesus, the Lamb of God in Revelation 17 14 says this they will make war on the lamb and the lamb will conquer them for he is lord of lords and king of kings and those who are those with him those with him are called chosen and faithful okay he picked you get on his team man get up and get out of your seat and get behind him Say, I am following Jesus. I'm following Jesus. Because he's the winning champion. He's the champion of champions. Have you ever um, noticed, uh, I was trying to get into some, trying to find some words, or a word, to describe even the the awesomeness of Jesus being the champion of champions. Jesus being so victorious. And, And, you know, there's, there's, um you guys know I I, I'm, I I was an athlete in school, so so I'm a sports fan. I like to watch sports. I like to root for certain teams. And uh, the certain teams I like to work, root for are, you know, it's been a little while since they've won championship. So, I, I mean, as I, I look at, like, okay, the team I like to watch, they're not even going to make it to the playoffs this year. in the baseball and the Giants, they're, they're kind of like there, there, I know, huh? <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. But here's what I want us to, I want us to get this like picture of it. If I can, I'm going to try again. This is a kind of an inadequate picture or illustration, but it's something that I could come up with when you really root for a team. Okay. And, and I know if you've never rooted for a team, you like, I don't even know what he's talking about. Like, get, get through this coming. Through this, right. That's okay. Uh, but when you really root for a team, like there's, you put a passion into like them wanting to win, like you get passionate about it, You get excited about it, like them wanting to win. And when they win the championship, you're like, woo! I remember when the Steelers won the championship. Who I was rooting for, man, I was celebrating and I was flinging my towel and woo! For literally a day, a day, a whole day, I was happy. And the next day, I had to go to work, and I forgot about it. It was no big deal. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like that level of, oh, we won, is times a million. Because getting behind Jesus, we win for eternity. It lasts for more than a day. The championship doesn't go away. We're world eternal champions. I don't know how you could picture that. I don't know if that even translates to being something. But it's like, that's what I see us as when we get behind Jesus, the Lamb of God. Eternal world champions. That's a better way to say it, right? That sounded better. Like maybe it's a thing, but it's not. But it is. I confuse myself too, so sorry. Okay. Revelation... I think this is good. <laughs> 11, chapter 15 through 19, listen to this. Because I think, oh, oh, thanks, Michael, yeah. I said I'm not going to talk about like being a date setter, a timeline, like trying to figure out timelines because I think that's where we could get, we division, cause division because we're all going to have different perspectives pro more than likely. but There's something that's going to take place that I'm super thrilled about and I could hardly wait and it's the seventh trumpet. The seventh trumpet, when that blows, ha, that's when everything changes, brothers and sisters. That's when everything changes. That's when, that's when the kingdom of this world and all the kingdom of this world will fade away. And the kingdom of God and his Christ and, the, and us being aligned with him will come into play. And that's when it starts. That's when eternity starts. And that's when we get to g- be gloriously there with him is the seventh trumpet blowing. I can't wait. And I know that it, we got to get through the other six to get to the seven though. That's kind of the dilemma. Because the other six aren't that good. But once the seventh one blows... It's a a victory parade for eternity. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Well, all right. So then the seventh angel blew his trumpet. And there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord. Do you hear what he's saying? Has consumed. God has taken over completely and fully. And he has consumed all the kingdoms of this world. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sit on their, their thrones before God, they fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came. And the time for the dead to be judged for the rewarding of your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for the destroying, for, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened. The actual temple uh, in heaven was opened. This is the temple of heaven that God took Moses and showed him and said, This is. What I want you to build the temple of on earth to look like this. Here's the actual temple of heaven opening up. And the Ark of the Covenant was seen within his temple. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. Hallelujah. This is the victory. This is where we dwell with him for eternity. Is when... The seventh trumpet blows. Looking forward to it, brothers and sisters. Can hardly wait. I want us to uh, think about something, though, for a second. Before I move on to another passage, because I think it's really, really good, obviously. All passages of Scripture are good. You know, there's there's a place in Revelation. How many of you were able to read or if you have read the book of Revelation ever in your life? Good. Okay, so here's the thing. There's something interesting in there and intriguing in there that I want to point out. I know it's a uh, it's an easy verse to remember, but it's one that intrigues me. Revelation ought to intrigue you, ought to interest you, ought to excites you a little bit as a believer. But there's one that really even baffles me a little bit. And I want to share it with you. And it's one that even Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians. He wrote the same kind of thing. It's in Revelation 10.4. That's an easy one to remember, right? 10.4, good buddy, hey? And he says this. He says something, and I'm just going to quote it from memory so I might get a word or two off. He says... an angel was standing like he gets this picture of this awesome angel so I'm going to just go up from memory because it's, I think it's, it's, it's so cool this mighty angel he refers to is so massive and so mighty that he has one foot in the sea and one foot on the land his legs are like flaming fires and his voice is as thunder and he's standing on the sea and on the land. And his voice is like these thunders. And he refers to the voice of, and he says, the seven thunders roared. And it says, actually, it says that his voice was like a roaring lion of thunders. And I don't know, has anyone ever heard an actual real lion roar? Yeah, in real life. In real life. It will rattle your cage it will shake you and it will cause something inside of you to say oh my god what was that we were at the sacramento zoo just up the road and all of a sudden we're just walking literally i mean we're talking probably a hundred yards from the lion's den literally and we hear this bellowing this roaring like what what are they what there's something in the loudspeaker like there's. Like maybe oh they're playing line music or making it like so what's happening here? And know, they he was inside of a a glassed wall with no amplification, no speakers, and you could hear it as though and it would actually cause your insides to shake. And I and we walked and we asked one of the people like what what's going on and I said oh he's just just kind of like toying around, like he wasn't even roaring at his fullest extent. And I looked up, how does that take place? How does that actually happen? There's something that happens inside a lion's, you know, throat that causes this this deepness that it cannot be matched other than with amplification due to electrical, you know, help. In other words, we can't even come close to it. So here's this angel that has a voice of a roaring lion and he has, and he says, the, thin, the seven thunders spoke. I'm thinking, how do, what, what, what do thunders say? Anyway, first that gets my attention. They're saying something. And John's hearing what they're saying. You guys remember this? John's hearing what they're saying. You can look it up if you want. And he goes to write down what they're saying and he says, stop. You can't write that down. You can't write that down. You cannot say what it is. You cannot repeat what they're saying right now. And I was like, whoa. I mean, that's kind of cool. I don't know why. Come on, guys. Let's just have some fun with this, okay? But let's be careful. Because Paul said the same thing. He says, I know a man who was in Christ who was caught up into the third heaven. And when he was caught up in the third heaven, he heard things and he saw things. And when he saw these things, he saw the things that man is not permitted to speak of. So Paul even says he got to that same place where he was seeing stuff that man cannot speak and cannot repeat. I mean, isn't that awesome? I mean, doesn't that just like, doesn't that excite you? Because here's what I'm hearing in this is that we don't, haven't even come close to thinking that we know what heaven's gonna be like, what we know what the glory of God's gonna be like, what we have any idea or any that what and how awesome and amazing, because there's stuff that is actually been revealed to a certain few that they cannot repeat because it's not for us to know until we are there. That's exciting! Hello, yes. I mean, come on, brothers and sisters. We're, you know, please if you can just push the delete button to this idea that you're going to be floating around on a cloud for all eternity. Delete that. That's garbage nonsense. It's Hollywood simplicity ignorance. That's all that is. Ooh, look at me floating around on a cloud. Oh, look at there's that. Come on. I mean, that, there, there's so much to eternity, and that's what next week we're going to talk about, just even going to try to like, woo, just crack it open just a smidge, is the next, the last three chapters of Revelation, because he gives us a nice little crack into that place, the, the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem, and what heaven is going to look like. So let's finish this and I'm going to finish this because here's where I want to take here's where I want us to end up. In Matthew chapter 24, these are the words of Jesus to his disciples, but especially even for us today in regards to the last days during his last days. In fact, Matthew 24 and 25 are two chapters that Jesus spoke of in regards to the last days. In fact, chapter 25 is where we get a pair of, couple of parables and then we get this, uh, what is called this this revealing of the harvest. Revealing of the harvest. Because we get the parable of the ten virgins and then we get the parable of the talents. And then this uh, separation of see- sheep and goats at the end times. And in Revelation refers to the harvest uh Harvest time, and it's a, an angel with a sickle. whoosh <laughs> Oh my oh gosh, I, I just got like really like, oh, that, that's got heavy, because in this sickle, he's, he harvests the wheat, the grain, and those are the lambs, those are the sheep. So in Revelation it refers to it as the grain, in Matthew it refers to the sheep, and then he harvests the grapes to be crushed, and those are the goats. And it refers to the the, the 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 grapes being crushed, and it's like it's as though like blood being poured out. So even in Matthew, Jesus speaking, he's speaking the same thing in Revelation. So a lot of a lot of stuff in Revelation isn't really new. It's uh it's because it's throughout Scripture. So in Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 29 <clears throat> through 31, and then a couple other verses I want to share. It says, immediately after The tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. This is Jesus speaking before he was crucified and taken up. says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send... He will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. That's that seventh trumpet. And they will gather his elect from the four winds and from, and, and from one end of heaven to the other. And then in verse 36, I'm going to jump down. It says, But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son of man, nor the Son, but, t- but the Father only. And then jumping to verse 42. Therefore, this is where I want us to be today. Therefore, 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 what do we do with all this? What do we do with it? What do you say? Stay awake, stay awake, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. So let me finish up with this, and I'm going to have, have Noelle come up, but just in a, in a minute. What does stay awake mean to you? Stay Stay what? Vigilant. That's good. I like that. Stay vigilant. In other words, let's stick with it. Stick with him. Stay on his team. He wins. And if you're on his team at the end, you win too. Stay behind him. Anybody else? I got a few thoughts I'll share, but go ahead. I want to hear yours too. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. Good. Alert. Alert. Stay in the race. race. Steven spoke. Of, Stay faithful. Hallelujah. You guys are all saying exactly what it means because it is what it means. Amen? So here's what I'd like us. Let me read a couple things. You'll never catch me setting dates. But if you choose to follow Jesus with me to the end, and I hope and pray you do with all my heart, and I hope that more come. Follow Jesus to the end. With me, let's do this together. Here's what I believe. Because this is, again, is a place we're going to stick to truth. That we will be caught. We will be caught by him. Fully ready. Fully ready. As though when the boss walks on the job site and you're busy just doing your job. You're going to be caught, fully ready, clothed in righteousness, filled with the Spirit, faithfully using your talents for the glory of God. Feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, setting the captives free, giving hope to the hopeless, being a father to the fatherless a brother or a sister to those who have no family, being a friend to the friendless. Do you remember the, the, what, when Jesus told that parable, of, or it wasn't even the parable, it was that he tells about the, the harvest, and he says he's going to separate the sheep from the goats, and to the goats he says, here, come into your glory that my pro- Father has prepared for you said, for I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was in prison, and you visited me. I was was a captive, and you helped me get free. And do you know what their response to him was? What was their response to him? And this is Jesus speaking as though this is actually going to happen. It's not a parable. When did we see you? When did we see you, hungry, thirsty, naked, in prison? He says, you did it to the least of these. You've done it to me. Do you see what he's saying here? We need to see this as so clear and so precise that staying awake is being so busy, so vigilant, so faithful to doing his work that we're not caught up in in all the nonsense of the pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, mid mid mill whatever, all mill, all that stuff that's all good to like have fun with but I'm just too busy getting busy doing God's work helping God's people and I know they don't have to be God's people they'd be a stranger walking down the street because that's God's people too they just don't know him yet and I want to introduce them to him amen hallelujah and that's what I want to get I want to get and I want us all to be there just so caught like basically busted you got busted today. You were busy doing God's work and you're busted. That's all I want to be. Go ahead, bust me, Jesus. Careful. I get I, yeah, very careful. Robin's like, slow your roll. As you go, I go too. Noel, you know what? And let me say this, and I can say this, and I think this is okay to say this in this room. I might say it anywhere. Might not say it on Facebook, though. That's the true meaning of what woke is. You love everyone right where they're at. And you consider everyone small great big small any race creed color any financial status is so valuable so precious to god that jesus gave his life for that person not that i oh i'll go express my rights you know i got a right to be this way that way whatever way i want to be whatever i identify with today that's garbage woke nonsense woke True woke is we just love Jesus and I want you to I want you to know him too because eternity is forever eternity is forever and there's only victory in him get on his team get on his team I want to read something It's a it's a song I'm going to read the words of it. It's actually a hymn. It's not, it's, it's pretty new as far as being uh, written, written by Phil Wickham. And it's almost been my, the last month or so at least, my anthem, if you will. And I, I know it's not just mine because it's, it's a song for all to hear but it's an anthem in my life right now at this moment so I feel really compelled to read this just read the words to you I only wish I could sing but I can't so I'm gonna read <laughs> I'd rather you hear this, the, the words I, I don't, I'm not gonna argue with my brother Mike he says everybody can sing I don't disagree but I'm going to read it's called the hymn of heaven by Phil Wickham and the words are actually powerful Carson so I want you to hear it says how and this is probably what catches me right off the bat this is what grabbed me from the very first time I heard it is this very first line says how I long to breathe the air of heaven where pain is gone and mercy fills the streets, to look upon the one who bled to save me and walk with him for all eternity. There will be a day when all will bow before him. There will be a day when death will be no more, standing face to face with he who died and rose again. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And every prayer we prayed in desperation. The songs of faith we sang throughout doubt, through our doubt and fear. In the end, we'll see that it was worth it. When he returns to wipe away our tears. Oh, there will be a day when all will bow before him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with He who died and rose again. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And on that day, we join the resurrection. And stand beside the heroes of the faith. And with one voice, a thousand generations. Sing, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And on that day, we join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith. Did I just read that? With one voice, a thousand generations sing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Maybe they sing it. Maybe he sings it twice. (laughs) Forever he shall reign. So let it be today. Today. That we shout the hymn of heaven with angels and the saints we raise a mighty roar glory to our god who gave us life beyond the grave holy 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 is the lord so let it be today that we shout the hymn of heaven with angels and the saints we raise a mighty roar Glory to our God who gave us life beyond the grave. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and is to come. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we are so overwhelmed with joy and and just even just excitement and peace and and glory and happiness that you have chosen us you have called us to be your saints your children you have picked us to be on your team and as we get behind you our glorious king the lamb of God who was slain who is victorious That no matter what the devil throws at us, no matter what the world tries to trap us in, that we just simply look to you, our King of kings and Lord of lords, for you are the Lamb who is victorious. And by the sword of your mouth, you defeat all enemies and you lay them at your feet. And so we now just say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Who was, who is, and is to come. Fill us with your spirit that we may stay vigilant, we may stay courageous, we may stay faithful, and we may stay, we may stay right behind you as you lead us to victory. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.